Welcome, welcome, welcome back to Forward Pressing, episode 101, baby. I am Kevin, your host, or one of your co-hosts, with my boy Yanis over here. How you doing, bro? What it do, baby? What it do, baby? We are recording this on a beautiful Sunday, whatever, November 26th. We, yep, we watched the Man United game this morning, lovely, so I am excited to talk about that. I feel like it's been a while since I've had positive Man United news to talk about, right? Been a minute of yeah, you're right. <laughs> um, we're gonna talk about that. We're gonna talk about a lot of Premier League today. I think that's the most the, the biggest thing to talk about. Um, Arsenal, United, Liverpool, Spurs. Um, and we'll talk about we'll touch on some injuries because those keep happening, and honestly, it's really unfortunate. Um, and a lot of other uh, miscellaneous things. So I feel like let's just get right into it. Listen. I don't want to ramble on United too much to start the pod, so give me your thoughts first, and then I'll I'll touch. Did you watch the whole game or no? I watched most of it. I think I was, I, I was like, so, I came in late to watch it. So you so you missed the goal of the season pretty much. I, missed, I did miss the first goal. I did miss the first goal. Alejandro Garnacho, man, this this kid, holy this this was okay. If you're just listening, you said I was gonna start. <laughs> if you're if you're just listening. Uh, you need to go watch this goal because overhead bicycle kick a la, a la Rooney from multiple years ago. Um, but this one was better in my opinion. I feel like he made better contact. The, the, the placement was honestly so similar. Like the cross coming in, the, the kick to the top right corner, it was so similar. I mean, Rooney's did it, Rooney did it in, a, in the derby, which is honestly, you got to add to that. But, but Garnacho had to like the ball was going away from goal. He had to like go after it to get it. It was nuts. It was what a goal! Holy, my my jaw dropped when I saw that live. That might that might have that's the goal of the season. Easy. No no goal has surpassed that this year, and no goal will surpass it. I don't think this season. But I mean, wow, never, just seen, never say never. But never say never. Honestly, but it, it's it's gonna be hard to top. I think. Yeah. I think people are going to start to compare this goal with Rooney's goal for like the rest of the week just because of how great it was and how similar they look like. I just want to appreciate the fact that it happened. Um, yeah. It was a sick goal. I didn't. I mean, I, nobody really expected that from Garnacho at all. No, not at all. So, kudos to him. Kudos to finally get a goal because he's been, he's been trying for a while now. And I think over, overall, though, United, United had a good win, which is hard because we don't really say that too often that lately. No, we don't. Um, but I feel like we've been like on a on a little streak right now. So, um, I'm I'm just excited. Today was was a good day. I'm really happy we kept a clean sheet. I think that's a I think that was really important. At the end of the game, it was kind of looking tricky. Um, everything we're we're kind of getting some chances. Um, but uh, I'm I'm proud of us for keeping a clean sheet because I feel like that's just such an easy thing to 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 lose near the end of the game. You know, the game is already put away three zero. You kind of check out a little bit. Um, so I'm really happy that we were able to do that. Um, overall, I feel like we got some good performances. Bruno, um, I think, I mean, Bruno's assist on the Martial goal was was clinical. Man, man's got. I, I mean, I love Bruno. I know people are like love and hate him because he's the captain and he. I feel like he he just he gives the ball away a lot. He's like high risk, high reward, and that's always how he's been. Um, but when the risk hits, it's 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 beautiful to watch. Martial scoring was really nice. I feel like that's great for his confidence. Nice little flick over the goalkeeper. Um, Rashford getting his goal finally. Hopefully that gives him some confidence moving forward. That's big. Um, yeah, big from him. I mean, it was a penalty, but still. Um, I like seeing uh, Aaron Masaka back. It's good to finally get him back in the squad like properly. Um, I mean, the defense partnership today was not... I mean, listen, you know, I, I love to hate when I can hate, but I... I... Solid. Solid. That's all I can say is yeah, solid. You gotta give him Warriors credit today. You gotta give him Warriors credit. I've been giving him his, I've been giving him his credit. It's been a couple episodes now. That means it's been like multiple weeks. You're I've been right. giving him his credit. Do you remember the viral clip of the Ghanaian uh, member of parliament that was uh, essentially roasting McGuire in the in the parliament in Ghana? Yeah, I remember you sent it to me. Uh, so actually, yeah, he was yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hey, listen. Real recognize real when you you gotta call it how it is. You get no, you're right, you're right. You gotta call it how it is. 
I'm just happy that Rigor actually kind of accepted the apology and even invited him to Old Trapper, so that's pretty cool. Hopefully that happens. That, that is pretty cool. Um, but I really wanted to shout out Kobe Mayno as well. Oh, yes, definitely. I mean, kid is, what, 18 years old and he's playing, like, I feel like he just, like, you see he has confidence when he plays, which is honestly impressive for somebody that young. Um, I think he has a bright future ahead of him. I was surprised to see him as a number six, though. I thought he was a bit of a... I thought he was more of a box-to-box, or more... I guess he would play a bit higher, but seeing him in that number six role and the composure that he had was relatively pretty impressive. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's something that United have been, like, kind of lacking, in my opinion, in the number six position for a while. And for him to have that, he might be the answer to a lot of your questions. I mean, he was the, the U18 player of the season for us last season. Like, I think it's important not to forget that. I feel like he's physical on the ball. He has a really good drive. Um, and, and just like his presence on the ball, I feel like he already, he always knows where his options are when he gets the ball. Um, his passing I love, I, I love his passing. I love his passing. His passing is great. Um, I saw a lot from him today that gave me a lot of like encouragement for the future and what he can be for this club because we need a guy like that. Like we we were asking like Casemiro to be somebody like that. We were asking Amrabat to kind of like play that role, but. If he if he can do it to start, um, like he he fed in some some good balls like through some tight windows. Um, we didn't end up scoring on a couple of them, but he 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 saw the options and he took it, which is I think yeah. encouraging. I just hope that I mean, kind of like every wonder kid really that comes out of United, you guys don't kind of overhype him too early because it's only it's obviously only one game. Uh, I know we saw him in preseason, but. No. He's had some good performances coming off the bench too, uh, a, f- a few times this season. Yeah. But this was his first like start. Right, exactly. Which is why I'm kind of worried as to how big the hype is going to be going forward for him. So I'm kind of. I think it's interesting because in in the past, when you when you think of guys that have had this level of of hype, it's been like I feel like the, the biggest ones have been Greenwood. I mean, it was Rashford. It was Rashford if you look, go look back at um, like four or five years ago. It was Rashford who ended up delivering. Um, then it was Greenwood who I feel like ended up delivering. Off the field stuff aside, he really was. Um, he really was like playing up to his potential. I think. Um, um, but then you have guys that didn't really like uh, live up to it. But I feel like they didn't always have the, the same hype, like uh, like Angel Gomez or uh, Tahith Chong. Or um, Twan ZB maybe, which is unfortunate because I I love Twan ZB. He's just. I remember when you used to you used to love Twan ZB a lot. I mean, he just couldn't stay healthy, unfortunately. And that's a lot um, of players' issues as well. But I feel like Mino, the thing with with because Granato didn't have the level of hype coming out. It was just when he really got on the field and and uh, made some magic happen that people started kind of finally um, giving him his credit. But. Mino, I feel like is this, is is similar because I don't think people were giving him that like Greenwood level hype coming out, even though he deserved it. But also, he plays a more of like a passive role, and I feel like because it's like less flashy, he's not like a forward attacker striker. People aren't like quick to to hype it up completely, so it might do him some good. But I feel like everybody is just very encouraging and leaves steady as promise. I mean, we'll see what happens, but um, I think the future is bright for the kid, and mm-hmm. hopefully it stays that way for a long time, very long time. Now, you didn't mention Clean Sheet, and you didn't mention Maguire as well. Um, there's been mm-hmm. some talks during the week about uh, Varane having some problems with uh, Ten Hag's decision-making when it comes to uh, the lineup and him not being played on, on ahead of uh, Johnny Evans. Fair enough. Um, I kind of see why he would have those issues, those concerns with Varane and why he wouldn't play him ahead of Johnny Evans. Although, on paper, you would think that Varane would, would kind of like be clear of Johnny Evans by now. Uh, I think his injury record kind of worries me, and that's I think that's my main concern with Varane ever since he did with United. Uh, his injury record has not been good. He's missed, he, it's, hard, it's very rare that you see him play three games in a row. Uh, I mean, I feel like that's been something with his career in general. He struggled yeah, with injuries his whole career. I think with United has been highlighted the most because, like, I think that with Madrid, you didn't really see that as much as he did with United. Like, it seems like it's recurring a little too often right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, every time you play, you kind of have to hope that he 
doesn't go down or with a knock or something, he doesn't get subbed, just because you know yep. how I guess fragile he can be. Um, even though uh, to me he's still a solid defender when when on his game, like when he's fully healthy, which he hasn't when he's fully fit and he's one of the best defenders in the world. But it's I feel like it's hard to get him at that level recently. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's been a hard life for this from I guess two years in my opinion. So I cannot understand why Ten Hag would go with another option. I would have, I mean, I'm kind of surprised they went with Johnny Evans and not Maguire, but it kind of brings me to the question of who do you think at the moment, or not at the moment, but like, I guess, who do you think is like United's best uh, centre-back partnership? Because I have a name that I want to bring up, but I'm trying to think, I'm trying to see if you have that same idea as me. I mean, I think, um, I think if you're, if you're in an ideal world, everybody healthy, I think the ideal partnership is, is going to be, um, it's it's going to be um, Varane and, and uh, Martinez. But, I mean, both of those guys have been nothing but injured recently. I mean, Martinez has had some bad luck. Um, Varane, I feel like he's just kind of, like, gone in this bad cycle. I mean, right now, it's no doubt Maguire and, and Lindelof, I think. Um, but the thing is, we don't have many options. Um, it's Maguire, Lindelof, and, and Johnny Evans. Like, who else are we playing there? Yeah, uh, I mean, to me, like, I, I think I've already told you this. To me, the best United center back is Lindelof, just because of how he doesn't have, I mean, ability on the the ball is there. I just think that he's more available than relatively every other center back you guys have. Yeah. In terms of a partnership, I think right now I would also go with Lindelof and McGuire, just because it seems like as the... Tide has kind of turned on Maguire right now. Things are going well. You guys are winning. Mm -hmm. I don't see any reason why you would change this. Now, even when Varane does come back and Martinez do come back as well, I wonder if they'll eventually get back under the starting lineup. I doubt it, especially Martinez, because he's he's had a pretty serious injury and that's going to take time to recover. But yep. even Varane, like, I'd be surprised if he... I mean, he's going to start games, don't get me wrong, but like, I'd be surprised if he started games relatively soon just because of how worrying he can be when he's not... Uh, worrying he can be if he's not 100%. And I think it's best probably for him to not play until he's back to 100%. I mean, it's not my decision, but mm -hmm. I just feel like it's... um Right now, for you, you think the best thing for United is consistency and stability. And I mm -hmm. think uh, McGuire and Lindelof do bring that more than Varane well, does. They have that history of being the partnership as well, so they're familiar with each other. So I think that's why, because Martinez is also injured, I think that also kind of low-key impacts Varane's playing time, because if Martinez was injured, we'd see Martinez and Varane together more often. But because Martinez is 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 hurt and Varane's there, it's kind of like you got maybe maybe Varane is like slightly better right now than than Lindelof or Mar Maguire, but Lindelof and Maguire together are better than whoever would be with Varane. So I feel like at that point it makes more sense to play both of them. And like you said, like it's it's consistency and. It, and that's the main thing you want from your your center back partnership, from your back four especially. You want you want um, the defense has to be on the same page and and align the whole game. So you want to have the same players playing those positions as often as you can. Um, which is why our fullbacks have also been you know like we've had injuries there. Luke Shaw has been injured. Um, what Juan Bissaka has been injured. We have Dalo playing in there. We have Regulon playing uh, on the left sometimes. So it's nice to see kind of like. Our back four kind of healing a little bit and getting some sort of consistency, and I feel like we've we've noticed th that in the results lately. Um, I mean, we lost against Copenhagen, but in the Prem, we've been we haven't been too bad lately. I mean, especially today. Yeah, today was good. I mean, there's two clean sheets in a row, three clean sheets in a row actually in the in the Prem. So, yeah. um, you can't complain right now. Yeah, the center back partnership is definitely a plus. I mean, the back four overall is too. I think you can be a bit more lenient with your wing backs, but I do think that if you can keep the back four as consistent as possible for the most part of the season, then you should be you should be having some success. And also helps with Onana as well because now he knows kind of what's in front of him and how to manage his guys. Uh, and you can mm -hmm. even today, like I don't, I think he had a pretty solid games, even though I think he had. Like a I was just happy he was playing. Yeah, because I know he was injured as well during the international break, which we'll talk about uh, in the future. But I kind of... I kind of... I'm liking what I'm seeing from United. I'm liking what I'm seeing for you guys. And you guys have Champions League coming up soon, so... I think oh, listen, do, you think we, do, you, do you think we pull it out or not? We play, uh, we play Galatasaray. Oh, Galatasaray, yeah. It's a, uh, the, Let's win game. 
it's a Muslim game. It's in it's in Turkey as well, so it's in Istanbul. Yep. So you guys, it's gonna be a tough one. I would expect you guys to win this, but mm. I think the winner of this game probably qualifies. Yeah, I would say so as well. I'm honestly leaning towards United, but Galatasaray at home is hard to beat, so it's gonna be a challenge. Actually, United play Bayern after, but maybe we'll get lucky and Bayern will play their substitutes because uh, they're already qualified. If they qualify, I mean they probably are I mean, qualified. But they, I think they're already qualified. Yeah, but that doesn't seem like a Bayern thing to do. To just like. No, Bayern will kill you when you're down. That's what they want to do. Yeah, <laughs> literally. <laughs> Let's talk about um, Arsenal because you guys have been Before doing. Do that, can I make a yeah, correction yeah. on something I said last week? Oh yeah, go for uh, it. I actually mentioned the it, it's regarding it's not actually regarding Arsenal. It's regarding a. Uh, Miss uh, Megan Rapino, I mentioned that mm-hmm. she was 41 yes, uh, on the last episode. I want to call yeah. myself, yeah, actually, 38. Oh, shit. That's a bad mistake to make, my friend. Yeah, which is why I want to apologize. That's why I want to apologize. <laughs> not supposed to make, uh, I guess you're not supposed to uh, incorrectly guess women's age. Um, so, my bet on that. Anyway, All right, now we can talk about Arsenal. Yeah. Um, so, keep my, my key thing to me is the key players that stepped up. Mm-hmm. Havertz uh, getting the winning goal in the in the tough games because it was Brentford is, t- is obviously a tough team to beat. He gets the winning goal, which is big for him, big, big for his confidence. Yep. And he big that. for his confidence. He, players, he really needed that. The second thing to me is Ramsdale's clean sheet because mm-hmm. it wasn't pretty. Like he had a couple no. shaky moments. Let's be honest. But he did manage to get the clean sheet. It wasn't the most reassuring performance, but he got the three points and he did concede, which is good for him as well. But I bring this all to talk about the. I mean, you've heard about the Ramsdale Brad debate, obviously. He's been going around. Yeah, most time. definitely. Um, I guess, I don't know if we've kind of touched on it in the past, but to kind of end, I guess, talk, talk about it again, I guess, for the first and the last time, hopefully. Um, I was never really. I was kind of surprised when Rab, when uh, Rai got signed. Mm-hmm. I didn't think we were all we all were surprised because you feel like you could use that money uh, somewhere somewhere more uh, somewhere else. necessary. Yeah. Um, I didn't really think that Rai was ahead of Ramsdale in terms of in terms of ability. I think mm-hmm. they're pretty even for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, the timing of the signing was also odd because you sign you extend you extend Ramsdale. Uh, a couple weeks before, and then you sign right after. It's kind of sent. It's sending like mixed signals and stuff like that, which I didn't really. I didn't to this day. I don't really understand why he did it. Um, Raya so far, I think he's had solid games. I wouldn't say that he's like impressed me the like the most. He's made mistakes too, uh, for being honest. So, I think you're gonna get mistakes regardless of what, regardless of whoever goes in goal. That's for sure. Um, I don't think he's as I don't think he's that different with uh, Ramsdale when it comes to his play with his feet. If that's the main reason why um, Arteta got him, I don't. I mean, to me, I didn't, I didn't really see it. I haven't seen it so far. Um, I still go back to the point that I think it was uh, Schmeichel that made on TV about like the stability with your goalkeeper. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked. We spoke about the stability with a center back partnership with United, and I think that's the same thing with the goalkeepers. But I think it's even more important because. Your back four needs to know who's kind of who, who's behind them in the twenty cent, right? Yep. Um, overall, I, I do wonder because I know there was a mention of like the Arsenal goalkeeper coach that um, used to coach Brentford. Uh, he used to coach Raya at Brentford. He's the current Arsenal coach, and that may be why they signed Bart Raya, just because of the 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 relationship that they they have with each other. Um, if that's the case, sure, fair enough. But to me, it definitely feels like um, Arteta is trying to fix a problem that wasn't really broken. A, a problem that wasn't really broken. I think, that's, that's I think he was just trying to cover his bases for the future, maybe. Like having a backup option. It's kind of like in, in football when you have a you need a backup quarterback because you know you're all going all in with your with your starter. But if something goes wrong, you don't want your season to end. Yeah, but I guess the, it's less I impactful than a than a goalie. Yeah, but I guess the difference would be like in the NFL, like you you need a second just because the 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 how dangerous I mean how injury prone the game is like you, you yep. quarterback can get injured every game pretty much. 
Yeah. It could happen for your goalkeeper too, but to an extent, you don't really have. You rarely have two number ones. Like you, don't, you barely, you rarely have two number one QB in the same team. No, I definitely agree with you. Yeah, exactly. Which is why, like to me, like the Rice signing kind of makes no sense because Rice is definitely number one. Don't get me wrong. He's number one for any team in the league, but why go for the whoa, whoa, whoa. number one? Well, not every team, but like most. <laughs> I, I don't think he's. I don't. I know, that's not a conversation, but I mean, I take Onana. Probably. I mean, Onana has been kind of like hit or miss this season, but yeah, in general, I feel like Onana would be better. My point is, like, he starts for a lot of teams. Yeah, most definitely. Over half the league. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. But, which is why, like, I was kind of surprised that he, I mean, I guess he didn't choose, but Arsenal went for him, where there were better options elsewhere. I mean, do you think, do you think uh, the comments that Ramsdale made in the podcast were something that was already felt internally, and that's why the move was made? I mean, we just didn't really have the have the logic behind it until uh, until we heard Ramsdale talk about those things. Because that's a ballsy thing to say when you're like, even though it's like probably true for more than only the goalkeeper, it's like it, it looks bad when you admit that, you know? It does. I mean, I mean, because he basically said it's hard for me to pay attention for a whole ninety minutes. Sometimes I'm just like I check out and I play with the fans and stuff. And that's kind of like what, what are you doing, what are you doing, bro? Because you know you make a mistake because you're not paying attention, and that's uh, it costs you three points. It costs you something that's very important. So yeah, well, um, I mean the clip as far as far as I remember the clip was a while ago, right? That wasn't like a recent clip that just kind of reappeared recently. And mm-hmm. if we're being honest, I think we can all we can agree that on podcast nowadays people can do a lot of bold things. Yeah. Uh, and maybe not realize the, impl- the implication that comes with those things, especially for the your, I guess your personal, personal job or stuff like that. Um, so to me, it was it wasn't more than just a clip to me. Obviously, it doesn't look good on Ramsdale for sure. But like I also told you, it's not. I bet you he's not the only goalkeeper that does that. No, definitely not. But the other ones are not admitting it. You know. Yeah. Or not coming not advertising it. it. Yeah, they're not advertising it, and I don't think he was advertising it too. But I mean, he 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 smelled, he mentioned it so. He's the only voice. He's so far he's the only one that actually said something about. And it's like the way he was talking about it. He was like so adamant about it. It was kind of like he was not bragging, but he was like, you know, he really wanted to make his point. Like, yo, it, I cannot focus for ninety minutes. You know, <laughs> like <laughs> it's like he he wanted people to know. Right, right. Um, but like I said, that's I feel like I, I I'm just I'll just I'll just pick a random keeper. I'm sure if you put if you put uh if you ask the question to Jordan Pickford, you'd say the same thing. Would I'm he? Picking him especially because I do feel like the guy's kind of crazy in his head, but he does yeah. have six saves as well. You gotta be a bit of, you gotta have to be a little crazy for to be a goalkeeper. I realize that's why that's why I stepped out. <laughs> you weren't crazy enough. I wasn't crazy enough. I was too sane. Yeah, I knew you were too sane by the way you were playing. Yeah, too. Sh- hey, hey, we don't stop. <laughs> but anyways, um, that was a short period of my life. No, we don't have to talk about about it anymore. But overall, like I think Ramsdale got got kind of done. He done, he got done harsh because I don't know if that's the best way to put it, but he hasn't done anything to deserve this treatment, in my opinion. Like this, he's made a lot of great great saves during the season. He saved us a lot. That Liverpool game, I think we drew that Liverpool game last year because of him, if I remember correctly. The amount of saves that he did, he did that game. That's one. That's just one of many. So. It was inter- it, it was an odd move from Arteta. Uh, I don't think he has it has cost us like in a negative way so far because we're obviously still in the in the race for uh, for the league. But I think it's just a point of contention that's going to be brought up, brought up, brought up, and it's just going to bring noise that we may not necessarily want or need to, mm-hmm. uh, to the team. Yeah, I agree. What about um? I want to start. I want to touch on the other players. Um, your other key players. Like, what do you think about? I feel like recently there's been a lot of uh, emphasis on like Martinelli or or Trossard. Um, I feel like Martinelli hasn't really been in the best of form. I've seen a lot of things from Trossard that I like. Um, I feel like he's had a couple goals ruled off uh, recently, which is unfortunate. Um, but what are your what are your thoughts on maybe your your best layout right now? Your for your starting eleven, your forwards. In the forward line. Yeah. Um, I would say if well, Jesus is technically back, right? Yeah. So I would start Jesus up top right now. Um, I think 
because of the run of form. Here's the thing. Every time Trostad has been convincing or, uh, I guess, stepped up. Yeah. I was going to say it's mostly as a sub, but he has he did start against Sevilla and he did score. Mm-hmm. So you got to think. I think I would probably... And he scored against Brentford, but it was ruled off. Yeah. I would probably put Trostad on the, on the left right now. And then over Martinelli? Like, over Martinelli, yeah. Mm. Knowing that I'm going to put Martinelli in the game at some point. Yeah, definitely. It's just, I guess, if you want to go with the current run of form and the, who's been more productive for the team, you got to give it to Trossard. Um, he's, he, he's the ability to get a goal kind of like in unexpected moments or in difficult situations kind of helps him more than it does Martinelli. I think Martinelli is good in 1v1 and really creating chances. But in terms of the, I guess, the final product, I think I lean more toward Trossard for now, at, the, at the current moment. I, I I feel like I agree with you. I feel like Martinelli is a little bit out of form right now, but it'll come and it'll go. Maybe coming off the bench and having some good uh, impact might um, give him some positive momentum. It's also like, like Martinelli has been playing bad too. Like he's still doing his he's still doing his thing in the one v ones and <clears throat> trying to be productive and provokes provoke stuff. I just think the I just think the final product has not been there as well as as the as well as Trossard's. Yep, it hasn't. I don't think it's be a bad decision to start Trossard over Martinelli for if not for at least a couple game, a game or two. See what happens. He's gonna get. What are your thoughts? Game. Yeah, he will hundred percent. What are your thoughts on Liverpool? I feel like they've been in a in a solid run of form lately. Um, recent game against Man City that was huge. Um, I did not wake up early to watch it. Um, unfortunately, but um, I mean I feel like it was. It was um, kind of what we expected. I feel like it could have easily it could have easily been a shootout, but I um, I was also encouraged by honestly to be honest, I had Man City because the, the Liverpool defense has been kind of shaky lately, and Man City gave up the least high danger chances in the league. So I would have, if anybody was going to win, I, I figured Man City would Man City would have the edge. But I mean, Liverpool are impressive. I feel like that's a really big point for them. And now, I mean, Arsenal are top of the table now, um, even on games played in Man City. So um, that's also something to not forget about. Right. No, I'm definitely grateful for Liverpool for what they've done this weekend for us. Yeah. Big moves. Big moves. But yeah, I think it's. Uh, I, think they're, I think they're also still in contention. Um, I don't know how they are compared to us in terms of the matchups. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was a great point against City. I think they were able to to manage a point where they didn't even play so well themselves. Like they didn't really create that many chances. But Trent Trent stepped up. By the way, Trent's boots. Have you seen those Predators? No, I didn't. Please tell me you have. You have to go watch it. You got. You have to have seen those. I'll go look it up. Like the new Predators, in the Liverpool colors colorway, like red and white, they look stunning. That probably my favorite boots this season so far, easily. There's been a couple good ones. So if you do get a I'll chance, have to take a look. Yeah, if you get a chance to go have a look. I think I'm pretty sure I'll send it to you on the, some, somewhere. But um, have a look at those when you get a chance. But yeah, um, overall, not playing well, getting a point is always a good thing, especially against the best team in the league. So kudos to Liverpool. Uh, I still think they're in the race. I don't know how if they're closer to like Arsenal and then... In terms of the the threat to to the city, I think we're kind of closer than our, than them, but you can't sleep on Liverpool. That's for sure. Salah is always going to be a problem. Nunez is starting to become more of a problem consistently now, which is a good thing to see. Um, they obviously have solid players up front. Jota is there. Luis Diaz. Uh, you could you could go on and on. Um, I haven't been impressed with um. Gakpo yet? I think he's still kind of slowly getting. He's he's the one that I feel like has been the slowest this season. Nunez yeah. comes in waves. He like he looks so good, but I feel like he misses so many chances that it's just hard to. It's hard to always kind of like rely on him on a weekly basis. Right, but Gakpo. I mean, at least Nunez is so much productive or efficient. Gakpo doesn't really do much. I mean, from from the last few games I saw. So that's what, I guess that's one area of concern. I think defensively they're solid. Allison to me is the best goalkeeper in the league. Really? Yeah. The hmm. amount of key save that he's done to save Liverpool to keep them in the game, I think he's probably the best one in the league. If not in the world, he's probably there's not that many in the world that can do what he does. 
on a consistent basis. Yeah. And he doesn't. Yeah, it's he not, it's not, not a bad call. Feet, but it's not a bad call. But it's not. He's not necessarily the best one with his feet, but he's definitely up there in terms of the the better uh, goalkeepers with their feet. So Van Dijk seems to be going. Seems to be in some of the room. In the run of a good form as well, which is good to mm-hmm. see because he's been struggling. I mean, we've seen his ceiling is is one of the best defenders in the world. Exactly. Um, I feel like he hasn't reached that ceiling in a, in a long time. Yeah. Um, but we know that's in his range of outcomes. One thing that I hate though is the constant Reese uh, Trent versus Reese James debate that keeps happening every week. They're different. Yeah, but we don't have to talk about Chelsea too much because obviously they got smacked by Newcastle and stuff. But like, Reece, Reece, yeah, Reece, Reece game, Reece, yeah, sorry, it was a Thiago Silva red. stinker. Yeah, Thiago Silva stinker. But James got a red, and like the second Trent scored the next uh, on the same day as well. Like people on Twitter were cooking James. And I mean the thing, the thing with the thing with 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 Reese is that he's always hurt too. I feel like he's very injury prone. Um, he's supposed to be the Chelsea captain, um, and I mean this season I feel like he hasn't really been at his best. I feel like it's been a while since we've seen Reese at his as, at the top. Whereas Trent, we know like the the, um, I mean he also dealt with injury this season, right? But we we know that he's probably one of the best attacking fullbacks in the league. Um, Reese, I feel like is more complete, but Trent at his peak can I feel like influence the game at a higher level, but they're different. Yeah, we don't get the hate on one to to bring up the other, you know. Yeah, exactly. I think, that, I think that's the best way to put it. They're they're relatively just different, and I do agree with you that on his game, when he's on hundred percent, Reese is more complete. But Trent is the better attacking option. Still, I think I just I, the only thing with Trent is the defensive part of the game that he he obviously yeah. has issues with, which is important. But I didn't think he did too bad against Doku. To be honest with you, I think a few. And Doku's been on fire. Few, I mean, Goku's been Doku's been on fire, and it's always gonna be a challenge. But uh, I know Doku played against James uh, the week before, and did okay, but didn't do so well. I didn't think he did so well against Trent either, uh, compared to the other defenders he's been going on against. But he got he did get like beat he did get beat a couple maybe once or twice in my opinion, like relatively like actually legitimately like beat. Mm-hmm. So I think Trent had a relatively solid games defensively. Um, the threats didn't really come to his side, or at least they, they weren't really coming from his side. Um, so yeah, I th- maybe he's improving the, in that part of the game, but I think people just got to accept that they're different. I think from what we've seen from Liverpool, though, I think they're they're probably I'd, I'd safely put them in the top in the top four for the rest of the season. I don't know about you. I think Arsenal, Man City, Liverpool are, are probably the the ones cemented in the top four. Yeah. And then Spurs it's it's. Spurs is where it worries me. We're gonna talk about Spurs right now. I think I think it's gonna be between United, Newcastle, Villa, probably for for that fourth spot. Um, and Spurs will be in that conversation lately. But they were top of the table three weeks ago. Now they're now they lost three in a row, and we're kind of worried, right? Because they have so many injuries. We were like, okay, how is this going to affect them? Well, it clearly affected them because they lost three in a row. Um. They played earlier today, which honestly they dominated. They dominated the first the first half. Um, they had I think they had like four or five goals disallowed today because of offside, which is really unfortunate. Son I think had like two of them. Um, but at the end of the day, the result is what matters. And and I think I mean we know we know that Villa is a strong team, but Spurs should have been up two nil or three nil after the first half, and it went to, it went to halftime at one one. So I feel like that's when you kind of knew that something was uh, not right. Yeah, it's um, I mean, like we said, three games in a row now is now there's gonna be questions. Now people are gonna starting to ask how legitimate this this first team really is. Is the ang- the ang- ang- ball is the, is it just overhyped? Um, there's gonna be a lot of questions to to answer. Um, losing Madison was big. Losing James Madison yep. was massive for them. Like Van der Veen was a big loss as well, but in terms of their goal creation, a lot of it came through Madison, and him not being there, you can you can see you can see how clear of a difference difference it makes for the for them. So I don't know how they they have to I mean rectify that. Lo Celso is a good I guess replacement to me, but I mean he, and he did score, but he, he had a great goal today. 
great goal today, but he's not, uh, I guess, at the creative level that Madison was. So he's got to be able to step up and do more, I guess. That would be my best way to put it. Chances, chances are going to come, regardless of what happens, but they just got to get put them into... Well, first of all, stay on side. Stay on mm-hmm. side. But then yep. also like put them in the net. Agreed. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a little worried about them right now. I'm really. I've, I'm also a little worried about them, and like, let's look at their, let's look at their upcoming fixtures because I don't think it's gonna be too easy. Like, they play Man City next. I don't think I favor them against Man City. Oh no, no, <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> you and then after Man City, four days later they play against West Ham, which isn't a walk in the park either. Um, and then Newcastle. So like, I think they might only be favored against West Ham, but even then it's gonna be close. Like between. This, on December 3rd, they play Man City, and on December 10th, they play Newcastle. And in between then, they play West Ham. Like, do you think? That's three games in seven days. Yeah, I mean, Christmas games are kind of crazy because, I mean, stuff happens. Um, as far as I know, Crystal Palace has always beaten Man City when they play Christmas. Um, but now, if, they, if Spurs can get at least six points out of those three games, I think it'd be a success. I don't think they're getting six points. I think I think four points is probably a success. Four points is more realistic. Six is asking for best case scenario here. I think they could realistically walk away with one point. It's not impossible too, or they could walk away with zero. So I I, I think that this will kind of decide their season trajectory. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's all decide the season trajectory, but it's definitely a big part of the season that needs to be. I mean, be if you go through if you go through a phase where you you just lost like six of seven games, or or in seven games you have um, six losses and a draw, I feel like it's tough to get t- to the top four after that. I agree. I think for them, it's a question of getting to Europe. I know they won the Champions League, but if they can get Europa. Top five will be tough too. I guess we'll see. I mean, that, that's the thing. This year's this year's top five is actually one of the hardest ones. Yeah, There's everybody's so close though. Like United have for how bad they've been are six points off the top of the table. Like, yeah. that's not that's not unreasonable. I'm not saying we're gonna win the league, but you would think with how bad we've been and how good the top teams have been, that there'd be a, a bigger gap than that, you know? Right. I think one of the what? one of the issue or one of the factors that kind of affects the top four or basically every league really has been injuries. Uh, we spoke about injuries recently with United having an injury crisis. I know we said Spurs have an injury crisis. I think a lot of teams have an injury crisis right now. Um, the last time I checked, the there was 196 injuries in the Prem. That means that's an average of about nine injuries per team. So that's so and much. most of them are starters. So Already, you you already have this problem of having to shuffle between your starters early in the season, and it, it affects obviously the way you play, and results will ultimately be affected as well. There's been you think... talk about. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go. No, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, there was, I was gonna mention like there's been a talk about having too many games. Like that's exactly what I was gonna say. Yeah. Uh, we saw Gavi go down with an injury uh, on the international break. Um, yeah, that's brutal. That's brutal, very brutal, especially for such a young player. Um, this I, I saw. I know there was a list of players that got injured during this this uh, entire international break, which I don't have right now. But the list is pretty long, from what I saw. I can imagine. I mean, it feels like every week there's somebody else that's down. Yeah. Overall, uh, Gavi was the latest in ACL injury, but there was 22 in the in the every league in the top five leagues. Um, so far this season, which is real ridiculous. That's like NFL numbers, no disrespect, but that's really what it feels like. That's actually worse than NFL numbers. Um, but yeah, I think the issue with uh, with the too many games, too many games taking place uh, makes a lot of sense. And there's even been mention of a possible strike by footballers eventually, uh, which I would not be surprised if it actually does happen. That would be... That's big if that actually happens. Yeah. 
but I mean, you, there's got to be a legitimate, legitimate case for it, and I think there is. So for them to go to that extent, just because obviously they're not listening to when people are out, when they're asking people to like, I guess reduce the amount of games, they're not listened to. So if you, you're gonna have to push, go, go with the the list, the the worst case scenario, at least your nuclear option would be a strike. I think I think there are a lot of games, and the thing is, like teams can only rotate so much because you still have to win the games. Yeah. So that's the that's the issue there because you got to play your best players to get results, and but then they get higher chances of getting hurt because they're playing so much, and you know it's like a vicious cycle. I don't know how do you. I mean, the only options that I can see is rectifying that is obviously playing less games, but. Where do you, you you cut? Where do you cut the? I mean, the international break sometimes can be like unnecessary to me. It feels like. like I agree. There was so many. There was the, I think the the next international break is in four months, which is a good thing because now people can actually focus on the, on the club stuff. But I feel like there's too many international breaks every season. I um, yeah. I mean, I wonder how the players feel about it. I'd love to hear their opinion. Do they think it's too much? If it would yeah, be uh, easier to uh, to spread out the games? There's got to be a way to, to spread out the games. Um, the only issue is that obviously money is involved because that is part of the business. And that's probably why there's so many games is to obviously make them a lot of money. But like even think think about like stupid tournaments like the ones that uh, Inter Miami got invited to by the, the Saudis. Like the one where they want to invite Messi to play in Saudi, yeah. For like a, for a, like why? Like, there's no point in doing that. You clear that's it's clearly a money thing. So obviously, uh, yeah. money kind of is. I mean, this is obviously like an isolated case, but you've seen stuff like that happens before. I just think that obviously people want to make the most amount of money they can, and to do so, you need to maximize the amount of games you can. At the risk of your the players, which are almost honestly are the first, I guess, the victims in this situation, which is kind of odd way to say because they're not really victimized the most. But the 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 fact is, it, there's too many games being played, and players are obviously kind of starting to complain about that, and hopefully they get hurt because, like, I don't want you know, stuff like Gavi's injuries like that. You can't have have that's for such a young player that it, yeah. that will impact his development and everything. Yeah. Like that could have been any play. That could have been Musiala. That could have been Odegaard. Like that could have been yep. anybody. So hopefully there's gonna. I I don't know how. I don't know even when we'll see a change in that. But hopefully we'll see it change soon. Cause there's gonna be. We can't keep going along like this. Things gotta change eventually. All right. Let's touch on a couple of uh, these miscellaneous things before we head out for uh, for today. Um. De Gea to enter Miami. Do you think there's any real uh, realness to this? I don't know if it's real, but if it does, I'm for it. See, there's a part of me that kind of feels bad for for Inter Miami now, and I feel bad for the players that were on the roster before this whole takeover because it just feels like they're all losing their places one by one by one because you know they're bringing in big names from Europe. And I, I feel like it could be kind of sad that, you know, before they're fighting for 11 roster spots, maybe now they're only fighting for five, you know? Yeah. Especially because... with great calendar, who's the keeper for him to remind me, because he just got into the national team setup as well. So he was actually mm. having a pretty good season. So for him, for him, it, it, it would have definitely hurt more. Um, I don't they think the head goes to Inter Miami, though. I just, yeah. for some reason, I, I don't see it. If anything, I feel like he'd go back to Spain or something. Um, the Canada L to Jamaica. That's that's a tough one. That was bad. I feel like we just got too cocky for some reason. You would think that after the World Cup performance, we we kind of get a little bit of a reality check of how much work we need to put in. No game is easy. Um, but clearly we didn't take this seriously. Did you see how Borian Milan the keeper started juggling yep. before the goal yep. happened? Yep. That was such I think a it's just that's just like a mentality thing. I think. Yeah. I mean, it's bad because obviously we're not qualified for the Copa America yet, and obviously we want to qualify for that because that's a big tournament we can get take a part of in the states. Mm-hmm. 
so there's gotta be a, a next the next time I think it's in March where we have to play an elimination elimination game against uh, Trinidad and Tobago because they lost to uh, that should, that's a must win. We should win that too. Win. Yeah, it's it's a must win, but it's got it's gotta be convincing because. We gotta get it if we, if we want to get into Copa America. We have to get it with the best our, our best head forward. I'm just I just think that there's a lot of issues in the nation the national team right now that mm -hmm. not necessarily just on the field but off the field as well. Yeah, definitely. I, I still don't know if more Billo is the best coach for the for this team. I don't think so. But the question now is like, okay, who do you? I mean, we spoke about who I would think could you we could bring in, but not easy. Yeah, it's not easy, especially because the federation doesn't seem to be like knowing where no, the federation doesn't seem to know where it's, where it's going, what directions to go with the team. That's the big concerning part to us. I feel like we have no uh no direction right now. We don't know. We're kind of just like going on a whim. And there's literally no leadership. Yeah. So before we want to talk about like changes changes on the field, we gotta start talking about changes off the field, and ultimately those will kind of. Co um, correlate to what happens on the field, but there's gotta be changes in the in the in the offices first. You think we'll see anything like that or no? It's hard to say. I mean, by now you would think that because we 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 would have seen some sort of a movement, but I haven't heard any updates or I guess progress in that department. So I'm kind of worried about that actually. I hope the I mean I want to say yes, but I'm not optimistic. I guess we'll see. Um, MLS conference semifinal semifinals. Yes, so um, Columbus played against Orlando and won one nil. Cincinnati played against Philadelphia and also Philly was your was your dark horse, no? No, Columbus was my my winner. Oh, was it? Philly was my dark horse, but Columbus was my winner. So I'm still technically uh, in the race. Uh, <laughs> so the next conference semifinal to happening today is Houston and Kansas City. Yeah, uh, I think Houston should Seattle, win. Seattle, Seattle, and LAFC. I also have Houston winning that one. And LAFC have, was my pick. I have the to win it all, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I have Seattle winning that one though. I don't know. I don't feel like LAFC has it. But I, I think I, they had a strong performance against Vancouver, so I think uh, we'll see. True. I mean, to be fair, it's a, it's a one-game elimination too, so anything could happen. Mm -hmm. So it could really go either way. Um, so yeah, so we're looking forward to seeing what happens there. Like I said, I still have Columbus winning the whole thing. And um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Are you surprised Philly lost? I was surprised that Philly lost, yeah. But since, I mean, to be fair, they lost against the best team in the and the league as well. Cincinnati was the best team like in terms of the points and the whole season, so it didn't really surprise me that it was Cincinnati that beat them. Like, had they lost against Orlando, I would have been surprised. Yeah. It would have been bigger news. Yeah. Um, Brazil-Argentina, did you see the clips from this? It was... I mean, it feel like they weren't even playing the game anymore. I don't. I I couldn't see like any chances. Like I saw only. I only saw the goal from Otamendi, but the amount of tackles that we saw, it was a war. It was an actual war. And like obviously, what happened? What happened before the game as well with the fans, with the the Argentine fans, the Brazilian like uh, yeah, the police that added to the tension that, overall. That definitely added to the tension, and you could tell. You could definitely tell. But like still, that was. I mean, that was a lot. That was a lot. I don't know how Argentina got the win after all this because the game barely happened. <laughs> like, nobody was actually playing to win the game. They were actually trying to kill each other. Like, it was bad. It was bad. But I think that's also what you should expect from, like, the common ball or the South American yeah. soccer. It can, it can get like that sometimes. The rivalries get heated. Serious it's heat. passionate. It's very passionate. Like, you talk about... I think, honestly, like, we talk about Europe having passion. I think South America has the biggest passion when it comes to this sport. Well, definitely. It's, not it's a religion. Just, it's a religion, yeah. Like, you've ever played against, like, Colombian teams, like, Argentinian teams, and, like, how serious they take it? Like, even on the, like, amateur level. Like, it's not a joke for them. 
Nope. Yeah, and you can, I got, I can, I have, pers- I have stories, man. Like, I got, this, I got, <clears throat> let me not start. I'm just saying, <laughs> I've, I've seen some shit. <laughs> uh, I've seen some shit. Yeah, it's not even that, it's not, it's not even, like, serious, but, like, no, nothing, like, like, violence and stuff, but, like, the passion part of it is, like, serious passion. That's why we love. That's why we love the game. That's why. We, I mean, that's why they love the game. But we too, us too. Us too, yeah. Include us. Include um, us. All right. Last thing, the fifteen-year-old for AC Milan. This is a. Uh, is this your boy? I don't know if he's my boy yet, but uh, I I know that he has a pretty good gold, pretty gold uh, goal scoring record in the youth in the Primavera. So he's. I mean, he's a. Uh, he's one for the future. I mean. I, I mean, at fifteen years old. That's uh, and you're making a name for yourself. That's always a good thing. Yeah, Francesco Camarda. What a beautiful name. Remember the name. Remember the name. All right, I think that's gonna wrap it up for this episode. I feel we 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 went on longer than we expected. We're at uh, 51 minutes, but 51 minutes of pure deliciousness, if you ask me. There's, I don't know if there's a better word you could use there, but I'm with you. It was no, there is there is not a better word that you could have used. It was glorious. It was glorious. <laughs> it was glorious. And next next uh, next episode, we're probably gonna talk about some Champions League. We're gonna talk about some. Uh, maybe we'll. Uh, hopefully, we don't have any more injuries to talk about. Um, but the storylines with these Prem teams, and we got we got uh, the transfer window in January on the horizon soon enough. I feel like we're gonna start talking about the the new rumors that are upcoming and what teams can do to kind of strengthen their title push this season or, you know, their push for European football or whatnot. It's going to be interesting. I feel like we might see a busy a busy January given how close all the, the, the teams are on the table. So um, that's going to be interesting. But if you made it this far, we really appreciate it. We're kind of surprised you made it this far. But listen, we're not complaining. We're not complaining. We're thank you. Make sure you drop us a follow on the socials forward press pod for underscore pressing so you're notified every time the episodes go live. And we'll see you on the next one. Episode 102, baby. Peace. Peace.